Hello and welcome to the ASB Investment Podcast, a show that keeps you up to date on the markets and helps you make smart choices with your investment. These are entirely our own views and that of our guests. It's not investment advice, but we know plenty of experts at ASB that'll be happy to chat if you need. I'm Christina Brown, and joining me today are two of my ASB colleagues who are right at the coalface of investments, John Smith and Sam Rawlinson. John has been on earlier podcasts and is ASB's Head of Asset Management. John has been with ASB since 2003, and all this time he's been involved with the investment part of the business. I joined ASB a year later, so John and I have had plenty of discussions about investments for a very long time now. Sam joined the team more recently to manage a national team of ASB's wealth managers. So she's been in the thick of it over the past year or so when it comes to having conversations with ASB's customers about their investment. And just before we get started, I'd like to note that today marks a real milestone for us. This is ASB Investment Podcast number 50, which I think is pretty cool. I was a guest economist in the early podcasts, but have hopped into the host seat over the past couple of years, including today. Now, in the tradition of these podcasts, Sam, this is your first ASB podcast, so I'd like you to tell just a few sentences to our listeners a bit about yourself and your background. Thank you, Chris, and thanks for having me join today. So I have been with ASB, gosh, coming up a year now, so quite a milestone as well, along with your 50 recordings for your podcast. That's amazing as well. I actually have spent the last five years in institutional banking, so um, it's been awesome to get back into wealth, which is an area that I have worked in uh, the past, and yeah, really passionate about giving really good advice to our clients. So thank you. Yeah, it's been a, a a tough year to get back into the coalface, but um, I know you've got lots of insights that I'm going to enjoy um, sharing with our listeners over the uh, over the next uh, twenty minutes or half an hour or so. And and John, welcome back. Earlier listeners will know that you live on the outskirts of Auckland and keep horses. Every time I see this rain falling and my grass growing, I think about you. How's the mud? How are the horses? And is the grass growing like mad at your place with all this rain and warmer weather? Yeah, yes, it is. Hey, Chris. Uh, hello, listeners. Um, nice to be back. Yeah, it's been a really strange weather pattern for this time of year. And yes, the grass is springing out of the ground now, as you'd expect in spring. You know, time of year is uh, really good when you're breeding horses because you get foals. And we've had one foal already. Always exciting to see uh, the newborns on, on the ground. Enjoying the um, this time of year, uh, there's lots of work to do on the farm, trimming edges and burning piles of trees that we've chopped down during the year at different times. Uh, uh, yeah, no, busy time. Yeah, I, I know from my time working on farms uh, that to this time of the year is a mixed blessing. There's lots of feed that you can see growing up every day, but there's also lots of work to do. So good luck with that. And I'm sure you're looking forward to a, a week or two off work over the holiday period where undoubtedly you'll be doing a different type of work. I'm looking forward to chatting with you both. It's been a year full of surprises. And from an investment perspective, let's be honest, many of them haven't been very pleasant. Interest rates have risen a lot, which has been good news for term deposit investors, but pretty tough for most other uh, investments areas. It's been tough for borrowers, tough for property owners that are carrying debt, 
bond markets have uh, been under pressure as interest rates have risen and, and so have share markets. So Sam, sorry to put you on the spot right at the start, but let's chat about what sort of conversations you and the team have been having with customers about what's been a pretty challenging year for investments. First of all, it certainly has been a year full of surprises. So um, I couldn't agree more um, with some of your sentiments around that. And when I think about it, um, these are the times where our clients really need us the most to help guide them through. When I reflect back on the conversations, I mean, for many of our clients, they're understandably concerned, you know, around the market volatility that they've seen. And they're looking for reassurance that they're still invested in the right place to achieve their goals. So the team and I, we've been really busy providing personalized investment advice, which is doing what we do best. Some of our clients' situations have changed. Um, Their feelings towards market conditions um, have changed as well. And so it's really, really important that we have that regular conversation and those regular reviews with our clients. I was reflecting back on this the other day and no one enjoys market volatility. So we've been having some really great conversations with our clients to share our insights, but also how we can help them through it. Yeah, some of the things that I've found that have gone over the past year are pretty hard to explain and customers to understand. One of the things that's been really tricky has been why are bond markets, uh, the the conservative part of the portfolios, not performing well? What are some of the things that are really hard for you to explain or the hard conversations you've had with customers where some of the things that are going on now are just different to the past and hard to understand? Great question. Investments are really, really personal. And when we think about it, you know, our clients usually earmark the funds, you know, for a future life event like retirement or something a little bit more immediate. So seeing market volatility and fluctuations, you know, it's difficult, particularly in more of the low risk investment strategies. You know, if I reflect over the last 12 months, so these conversations are, you know, really, really important with our clients. Staying the course and keeping focused on why the funds were invested in the first place, along with their investment timeframe, you know, it's it's not easy. Um, and so these are the really robust conversations that we're having with our clients, because it really comes down to what is in their best interest, you know, their risk tolerance and how we can help them achieve their goals. But these are kind of the more harder conversations, if you like, to have with our clients at this time, because, yeah, it, it, investing is very personal and we totally respect that as well. We're here to help guide them. Yeah, that that resonates with my experience. The um the conservative portfolios, and you'd expect that the bank would have a number of them. It's been hard for those investors to, because they think, hey, well, I'm in a conservative portfolio. These fixed interest investments are thought of the safe and stable part of most investments. And it's really tricky to understand this valuation or mark-to-market issue, as we say in the industry, is what's impacting portfolio valuations and people's investment balances, rather than a credit event or a default like we've seen in earlier times, like the global financial crisis or, or when debentures were struggling in New Zealand, for example. And that's been something that we've been trying to help within the reports that I write and an earlier podcast. Turning to you, John, how does this year rank for you in terms of adverse market movements, if you like, and you know, just outright difficulty in, in doing your job and explaining what's going on? It's really interesting for me because I think I've been around in markets. You said I've been here in ASB since 2003, but I've been in markets since the mid-80s. So um, I've got a fair amount of history. And how does this year rank? Well, it's certainly one of the more volatile years, but there have been others. And I suppose it gives me a really good perspective. The way I've thought about this past year, it's reminded me of a couple of things. The first one was an investment concept called mean reversion. Things 
tend to overshoot on the upside and the downside, but they always tend to come back. And I think this year has reminded me that the relatively extraordinary returns that we've been having from bonds in the last 10 or 12 years, this is this is the year when there's been a bit of mean reversion in that regard. And mean reversion over the course of the 40 years that I've just been talking about actually has happened a few times. And this is the same thing with equities. So I can go back to 1987. That was my first experience of, a, of market volatility. And that was pretty extreme because the market fell in one day by over 20%. But if I can look back at the charts of markets now back 40 years ago, you hardly even notice that 1987 crash, as it was called, even occurred. So that brings me to the second thing that reminds that this sort of like this year reminds me of, which is of the importance of of understanding your time frame. Because this year, 1987, very similar, very traumatic, very very large amounts of volatility, but with the appropriate time frame, they get put into context. And I think that's really really important and flows through to the way we talk to our customers about as well. Really really important to understand. And remind yourself of your time frame. Actually, it's you think about uh, when we talk about our customers and time frames. The younger customers, we all, we always say you've got a long time frame. You should be, uh, you know, you should be investing uh, with that time frame in mind. And of course, since the mid 1980s, I was probably a young mid mid 20s whippersnapper, and and now um, that's probably a whole retirement, uh, you know, whole sort of like long long time frame that we usually give our young customers. And over that period of time, if you were to look at a chart, markets have gone up and you just hardly notice the gyration. So very, very important to keep perspective when you're in a downturn like we are at the moment is that it is one of those things where it does occur. They do occur. They don't occur frequently and they are not fun, but the markets recover. In actual fact, over the course of the last 100 years, there's been three occasions only when markets have gone down two years in a row, the 1930s actually the 1970s, early 1970s, and uh, the early 2000s. But, you know, every other time after about down year, there's been an up year. So those are the sorts of things that I'm reminded of. And that's sort of like what's been underpinning the way I've been talking about things this year. It's very, very easy for us to forget in 2022 that 2021 was an extraordinarily strong positive year. We've completely forgotten that. And then if you look three years back, we're still positive. So and I think I think it's very very easy for us to get very short term in our timeframes. Yeah, I agree, and it's easy to get hung up on the uh, the one year returns. And if you look at the ten year returns, and when we're recommending products for people for you know ten years or more, in some instances, the ten year returns look quite normal, or they're reverting to mean, if you like. So that reference to history is quite important. I remember when I started in the wealth business, when I came back from another role within the group back in 2016, I thought, hey, the biggest thing we're going to have to do over the next few years is explain. Uh, why bonds can fall and uh, in, in value as interest rates rise. And what I didn't factor in, because I didn't know about it, was that we actually had another uh, few years in store for us of interest rates falling. And, and that fall in interest rates was really supercharged by the pandemic. So your mean reversion, like you say, is in some ways I think about it as the payback for excessive returns that we got from bonds uh, as yields got driven so amazingly low over the last few years. Relating to that, from my perspective, in over 25 years of, of, of markets, I've got 10 years less than you, John, but I've got more grey hair than you, which seems a bit unfair, but I've, I've never seen... I've got less hair. <laughs> I've never seen interest rates uh, move so swiftly, both in terms of the interest rate outlook. Two years ago, we were talking about negative interest rates, or, or definitely at the start of the pandemic, we were talking about 
could we have negative interest rates in New Zealand, which just seems like a crazy concept. And, and thankfully, we've moved away from that. But also interest rates themselves, like mortgage rates, have moved swifter than any other period that I've certainly been monitoring. One of my responsibilities, just so listeners are aware, is that I look after ASB's home loan forecasts and term deposit forecasts. And uh, I have to change these reports most months these days, whereas a few years ago, the outlook for interest rates were often steady for months on end. I checked back through my records and the longest period I saw we didn't change our mortgage forecast was over 12 months. And that was in that uh, low stable period for interest rates you know, in the two or three years prior to the pandemic. But now we're seeing quite a different environment where interest rates are changing quite rapidly. Clearly, that's a worry for our borrowers, and um, there's a lot of talk about that in the media. But the flip side of that is term deposit rates are rising very quickly and now getting back towards more average levels. So, Sam, here's a question for you. As these term deposits have been rising, are they starting to get more and more appealing to some of the savers you and the team are uh, are talking with? Yeah, of course, I guess is the answer because this is an unusual market in that regard. And yes, some of the term deposit rates are yielding a lot higher than they have been. And, you know, as I reflect back, I think about what John had mentioned and yourself, Chris, around time frame. And it is really, really important So we actually recommend term deposits as part of our advice process. It's a really good option. If you're looking for short-term goals, you need accessibility where needed. However, depending on what our clients are wanting to achieve long-term, there may be other investment options which are more appropriate. And this is where we really, really highlight the importance of receiving personalised advice. Going through your investment objectives, timeframes, risk appetites, uh, all those wonderful things. These are great areas to discuss when you're looking for options to support your savings. And this is where we help. I must say, I'm, I'm just a boring old economist. I'm not, a, I'm not an advisor at all. But I sit on lots of these, co- <laughs> I sit on lots of these conversations um, with you and, and, and the other advisors and with customers. And one of the things I really like when I hear um, ASB people talking with customers is that there's such a wide range of things we can talk about, uh, products if you like, term deposits if that's appropriate for someone that's fairly conservative, through to shares for someone that wants to do it themselves and manage funds and KiwiSaver, of course, are, are in the between, as well as property and people that want to borrow money to invest. And I think one of the things I've learned over the years is Kiwis like to consider all of their um, investment options. We love property, but we're getting a bit more curious about some of this other stuff. And to be able to put people onto experts to help in the various parts of the bank um, with these conversations is really helpful, particularly at times like now where there's so many moving parts. John, one of the things I think is really interesting, because you're at the coalface of analysing investments and looking about how various underlying investment managers that we partner with are, are performing for a range of products. The question is, how do you weigh things up when in an absolute sense, uh, it's been a pretty hard time for most asset classes? So how do you how do you reflect on that? And, and how do you weigh up whether ASB and the underlying investment managers uh, that we partner with are, are doing a good job in these types of years? Investing is a long game. It's not a short game. And, and we have a particular uh, approach to the, to the way, to the way we invest money. We invest in certain asset classes in an index tracking uh, fashion, which is largely cost effective and we think it's over the longer term going to produce the the better results. And then we have a portfolio manager called 
BlackRock that are to just looking to make um, decisions in terms of how we allocate and change the, the weightings to those asset classes. So for each of those people that are involved in the various pieces of work managing portions of the money, we look to them to just be doing what we've asked them to do. So in the cases of uh, the index tracking managers, we're, making, we're always making sure that they are doing, they are tracking the index as they're supposed to be doing. They're not making... Um, getting deviations or, or running too much cash or anything of that nature. We have some underlying managers who are actively managing money as well. And the key thing about those managers is that they have a particular style and, and we have a particular expectation uh, of the way that they manage the money. So in certain circumstances, you'd expect them to be performing uh, in a certain way. Again, we monitor to make sure that they just continue to stick to their knitting and uh, manage money in the way they're supposed to. For BlackRock, in terms of managing the portfolios, uh, they are expected to consider what's actually happening in the markets and, and adjust the portfolio to try and, um, in some cases, in the cases of this this year, sort of like soften the blow a little bit. That doesn't mean that they should be wholesale taking money out of the market. A growth fund profile is a growth fund profile, and it, it must remain significantly invested in growth assets. So they've made some calls to reduce the growth assets and reduce some of the exposure, which has mitigated some of the, the impact for customers. But at the end of the day, customers who are in our growth profile expect to be invested in a particular way and and so that's at the margin so how do we assess this in terms of our funds management yeah we, we basically want to make sure that our managers are stick to the knitting and doing what we expect them to do yeah I, that long game thing is something that we can relate to more as we ride through more market cycles and I was a student in 87, um, but therefore all the uh, deregulation in the 90s and Asian crisis, tech rec, all the, all the other ones that we've been working together on. And that long game thing is really important because we know it's not always plain sailing. I know that uh, in Sam's space, and certainly in my space when I'm out talking with clients, even though I'm not an advisor, that stuff makes sense. But people ask us a lot, what should I do? They're seeking guidance and advice. And I think that's where advisors are so important. And on that note, let's finish on the reflections on the year and what we can learn from it and perhaps some of the things we're thinking will be busy next year. And I'll start with you, Sam. What are you thinking about the year that's been and and what we can expect and be doing over the year ahead? So for me, as I reflect back, highlights are definitely helping, you know, our clients navigate and guide their investment journey and path. Um, And so, yes, we have had some market uncertainty and a little bit of volatility and just having really good conversations with our clients to help, you know, move them through that process and find out really what's important to them has been really, really great. I'm really proud to lead a team of passionate wealth managers who have their clients' best interests at heart. So as I look forward, we hope to help even more clients on their own investment path. And it would be great to see some stability in the market as well. But, you know, we'll wait and see. I'm hoping for that too, Sam. I'm definitely hoping I don't need to change my mortgage forecasts quite as much as I have had over the past 12 to 18 months. That would be well received to see a bit of stability in both share markets and um, and interest rates markets. And John, I've known you for a very long time now, so I also know that you're going to be focused on the uh, on the, on the long game of, of investment management. But uh, anything else on your radar that you'll be thinking about in um, 2023 and reflections of the year that's been? Yeah, look, the interesting thing is, yes, the, this year has developed very, very quickly. So I think that everything's happened 
more quickly and um, into perhaps for interest rates more severely than was originally expected. And then I reflect back because I can recall inflation and I reflect back and actually have a sort of a, a somewhat of a positive um, feel about it because it feels actually like the authorities have learned from previous situations of inflation and they're really trying to stamp it out, which is which means the medicine's quite hard, but hopefully means that the solution and the reversion back to a more sort of like stable environment that we've been experiencing in, in years prior to this will come about more quickly than perhaps it did in the past when inflation became embedded. And so that gives me a positive, uh, you know, look, looking forward. So I'm hopeful uh, that the, the authorities are successful. I suppose it just keeps on reminding me that the number of times that people have said to me that this time is different and the number of times it always turned out to be actually it's pretty much the same it happens time and time again. Uh, so uh, I think looking back at history and trying to learn from history in terms of our expectations going forward is um, it's not a bad way to, to think. So focus on your time frame. Make sure you've got the right time frame. Make sure you've got your right understanding of, of your risk tolerance would be my views in terms of looking forward. I agree. I think years like this where things happen quicker than you'd expect or slightly different to what you expect are, uh, can be humbling, especially when you're an economist that has to uh, do forecasts month by month and uh, things don't usually work out that way. And one of the big lessons for me is, uh, is the lesson from the past is that I always want to bank the experience of good and bad years into my memory um, because that helps you stay on track when setting long-term goals and dealing with the inevitable ups and downs of, um, of, of markets. So both your comments really resonate with me. And, and particularly with Sab, I uh, hope that 23 is a straight, simpler year than, than the last couple of years. But I've, that wish hasn't worked for the past two years, so I'm a little bit reluctant to make it. Uh, but I do know that helping people understand what's going on and stick with their long-term goals will be on my list of things I'll be wanting to do next year. Hey, so thanks for both joining me today, and I hope our listeners uh, get something out of it, and I've certainly appreciated your insights from both the investment management side of things, John, and the conversations we've had with customers over the past year, Sam. So thanks very much for joining me today. Thanks, John and Sam, and thanks everyone for listening. If you have any thoughts on today's episode, or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss on a future show, please get in touch at podcasts at asb.co.nz. And if you've made it this far, here's the final bit of information. ASB Group Investments Limited is the issuer of the ASB KiwiSaver Scheme. The scheme's product disclosure statement is on the ASB website.